This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air. Look at us with a little intro music. Let's go. Get it at youstadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with You Stadium starts now. Okay, so we're legit. <laughs> Nick's got his ring light. We have an intro. Guys, I mean, that sounds Stepping it up. sick. That sounds awesome. That's better. That's definitely better than just doing like that little live countdown thing with the whatever music it plays on there. That sounds awesome. Shout out to whoever did that. My gosh. <laughs> Shout right, out to guys. Fiverr. Shout out to Kate on Fiverr. You crushed that girl. I, I owe you. Kate. We love she that. She killed that. That's unbelievable. All right. Well, hi, guys. How are we doing on this beautiful Thursday uh, afternoon, evening, whatever? It's beautiful. How are we doing? Uh, Mets got a oh cheap win, so that was fun. <laughs> what happened in the game? I didn't so even see weak. it. I heard everyone tweeting about it. It was bases loaded for Conforto. It was like a one and two count, and he's been terrible, like awful. He stranded like 16 runners in four games. Um, and he leaned in with his shoulder, uh, his elbow pad, and the ball hit his pad. It was a strike. He like leaned over, you know, over the plate. And the ump called it a strike, strike three with one. It was one out, but bases were loaded in the bottom of the ninth. And he clearly leaned in and the ump just said, at first he was about to ring him up and then he said it hit him. And basically it was a hit by pitch walk off. So, you know, you'll, you'll oh, see wow. the highlights of it, but it, it was definitely weak sauce for sure. But you we'll guys take deserve it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys need as many of those wins does. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> a win is a win. Um, so earlier this week, we had some breaking Jets news. You guys were uh, in the news. Something that we all kind of expected was going to happen finally happened. Sam Darnold is out of here, and he is now a Carolina Panther. So who called that? One of you guys called it. I don't know. Remind me, Frank? Oh, please. <laughs> it was, it upon, is all right. Though. Upon further review, I was wrong. However... <laughs> However, I did say it wasn't going to be a second-round pick this year. So I'm technically not wrong because it's a second-round pick next year, which, as your brother was saying, Nick, based on value, is actually worth a third-round pick in essence because it's next year. So just just throwing that out there. You you were pretty spot-on, but you both were pretty spot-on. But, uh, I mean, you guys weren't 100% right here, so – when they Don't do make the, me value, out to be the, bad guy. the value chart, like the Jimmy Johnson, like classic value draft board chart or draft pick value chart. Um, I believe if they said, if the Panthers finish within the top 15 next year, um, top 15 pick, <clears throat> it would be the equivalent of, I believe the 42nd overall pick. So it would be six rounder this year has a certain amount of value to it. Second rounder next year and a fourth rounder next year. The equivalent is about between 40 and 42 next year. So essentially, it's a value of a early to mid second round pick. Um, but you know, credit to to Joe Douglas for kind of waiting and being able to, you know, figure out what they wanted to do at quarterback. Obviously, they're going to draft a quarterback, and it's probably going to be Zach Wilson. Um, and they found a spot where Darnold. You know, it's a nice spot. It's also out of the conference, which you know you always would rather do that. 
Um, and it's a spot where the Panthers have a little bit of talent. You know, they have some talent where he can play well and, you know, you hope well for him because he is a good dude. Um, but they're not, it's not a great team that your second round pick next year is probably not going to be in like the late twenties or thirties. So, um, there's a chance that that could be an early second round pick next year. So it, it worked all the way around and, um, you know, Jets get to get those pick up, pick up some extra picks to build around a Zach Wilson or, you know, build the defense. And he gets a chance to go reunite with Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Brady, Matt rule, who really liked him. That's why he wanted it. You know, he was really interested in the jet job in 2019, I believe it was. So all the way around, it was a pretty solid deal. And I think we have a little bit of evidence of, what Bree and I were saying last show about the trade, right? Splash. Did we do? I don't some want to see it. I, I've seen. I've. I've seen it too many times. I've. I've gotten it sent to me. I've. I've watched. <laughs> oh, it people before. were calling you out. I was. You know what? I wasn't technically wrong. I wasn't I mean, right, but I, I wasn't wrong. See, I guess. I want to see this clip. What am I missing? Splash, you got I'm one? never. I'm never wrong. I'm just not always right. Okay. Okay. Can we? Yeah. Or whatever. My we mother says it. that I say. I think but, um, Splash is trying to grab it, but. We can send it if not. But basically, regarding it. the regarding the the Darnold trade, um, I thought it was a surprise for me, especially um, not thinking that the Jets were going to be able to nail a second rounder out of this. Um, Joe Douglas waited till the end. Uh, the Redskins, oh, I can't say the Redskins. Excuse me, the Washington Football Team <laughs> and the Forty ers were apparently chatting earlier last month with the Jets, trying to deal or or or. Um, that the Darnold situation and um, it ended up being the Panthers. The Panthers were obviously either looking to move up or looking into Deshaun Watson. Um, I think both those scenarios sort of went out, you know, were off the table for them. And then they settled with Darnold. It is a little bit strange, Sam Darnold going into a place where Teddy Bridgewater is already technically, you know, their starter, I guess. Um, I don't know how that situation is going to play out. It's a bit weird. They're both very like similar in value. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I wouldn't say that one's better than the other. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's a, that, that's a legitimate camp battle there in Carolina. So, but again, I wish Darnold the best being a Jets fan my entire life. Um, I, I, I wish these guys the best, even if, um, you know, they didn't play well here and, and they had uh, a lot of misfortunes and we didn't win a lot of games. You always wish guys the best when they go elsewhere. Like it was, it reminds me of almost when Pennington went to Miami and he had that great season. Um, it was a division rival, but you have to wish your fellow quarterback the best. So, um, good yeah, for especially when he's a good, he's a good kid. You know, he did nothing wrong here. He didn't burn bridges like a Jamal Adams. I can admit, I do, I don't want to see Adams do well. I just don't like the guy. So I didn't want him, obviously because we have their draft pick too, um, as Jeff fans, like I didn't <laughs> want to see him go to Seattle and do well. So I wasn't never a fan of his, but regardless, like, you know, I didn't want to see him, you know, end up doing well, you know, with, uh, with Seattle. But uh, it was interesting because, you know, we really, we did report. So it went down this weekend was, Carolina really tried to go hard after Watson. They were doing their own investigation on the situation. Didn't feel like he was going to be moved anytime soon. He's not going to be cleared anytime soon. Houston can't just go out and trade him right now. It looks terrible. Um, they obviously talked around. The Falcons weren't going to trade them pick number four to get up to get a quarterback. They saw what they had to give up based on the San Francisco trade. They didn't want to pay that steep price. So they, I got a text Saturday saying, 
watch out for Carolina. They're very serious after Darnold. I guess they were talking pretty much Friday and Saturday. Um, didn't expect it to happen. I thought it was going to be something where it led, you know, into the draft, you know, because Carolina would attempt to, to move up. And, you know, Tepper, the owner, was obsessed about getting, a, you know, a top quarterback, whether it was Watson, Wilson, or a trade. Um, those never materialized. I guess the asking price was too high. And, and Matt Rule really did like Sam Darnold. So that's what ultimately – you know, made them push through and sweeten the deal in order to uh, get the Jets to accept it. But, you know, they did have talks, you know, all of last week. Um, the Niners and Washington, like we did report, were the two teams that were the most interested. 49ers felt like they were close to a deal for a while with Darnold, but they were never able to, uh, I guess, you know, the Jets weren't able to get what they wanted. And the Jets really did want to wait until these pro days and these physicals to make sure that they were all in on this class. So, you know, when when the reports came out in – you know, a few weeks before free agency, I think it was maybe in early March, you know, they wanted to see these pro days, see for themselves, you know, up close and personal, see how the ball comes out of these guys' hands to make sure that they were going to make this investment in, in a Zach Wilson. Um, we probably should have listened to that. I guess we were all kind of skeptical about it. We were like, Hey, I don't, you know, I think they should just trade them. And we thought they were going to get rid of them then, but um, you know, played out kind of like the way that Joe Douglas said it would. So that's the, Molly, the shout out situation. to Joe Douglas. That's all I have to say. Yep. Big round of applause. My man is just eating and eating on and off the field or, or <laughs> on and off the table. That guy is killing it. I they love draft some well. Joe Douglas. That's what it, that's yes. what it comes down I, to now. If I, I open invite, please get this out to Joe Douglas. I want to bring him to Cutlets and Co. And we will give him as many cutlets as he could fit in uh, there. Wait a we second. will get him. They got the number three. They got the number four. One has ranch and bacon. The other one has broccoli, rob, and fresh mozzarella. Let's that go. We got to get Joey D. That does sound good. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Splash he, he would has. Love it. I think Splash has the clip ready to go of where you said that you would buy us sandwiches if Darnold. Best producer in the game. Look at him. What oh a guy. Oh my god. I look terrible there. Jeez. <laughs> we look miserable. It was cold that day. Summer's yeah. here. All spring. Is there oh, sound on there? I can't oh, hear it. I don't hear it. Yeah, I don't think there's sound. I just want to hear. I just want to hear the part where Frankie says that he's going to get us sandwiches. Well, regardless about this whole situation, I think it's great for the Jets because I think they got a pretty decent value for Darnold, all things considered. Um, the talk about now Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater potentially ending up in San Francisco, is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. He's got the way his contract works is if he gets dealed to for example san francisco and then they end up paying him i think it's like maybe the example i heard was if they pay him 12 million carolina eats the majority of that contract and oh, if wow. they're and if they're serious about maybe jimmy's not the guy and they're actually going to draft a quarterback and maybe potentially redshirt him for this year teddy bridgewater would be like the no like the no-brainer you're not paying him next to anything you know that he's capable of being a starter and if the rookie ends up being better than expected having a better camp than expected things like that and he's ready to go by mid-season bridgewater is the type of guy where he knows what his role is in this league i think if he gets benched for the rookie to start he's not the type that's gonna go scorched earth and MF the team up and down. But with Jimmy, I think that would burn a lot of bridges, not only in the locker room with the fan base, um, 
So I, I think this whole Teddy Bridgewater and the 49ers thing is kind of an interesting thing to follow. Now, is it going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it could, it couldn't, who knows? Um, but I feel like it's very interesting to follow. So I do think, I think Teddy played well last year. I have his numbers here. He had a 69.1 completion percentage. He had 3,733 yards, 15 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, nothing groundbreaking. It was a fit. It was 15 games. So he missed a game. Um, which won't affect his stats all that much. But I thought Teddy played pretty well. I thought he played well enough where he deserved another year to be the star. It's it's going to be interesting because and, – and it puts a lot of pressure on Joe Brady too because, you know, he was – you know, he interviewed with almost every team in this coaching circuit. Like, he's putting his reputation into Sam Darnold. Like, if he goes and Darnold has a really good year this year – he's leaving and he's getting a head coaching job. He was close to getting one this year. So if he turns around Darnold, look at Arthur Smith with Tennessee. Turned around Tannehill, he's the head coach of the Falcons. But if Brady goes and doesn't have a great, you know, him and Darnold aren't, you know, this great tandem, he doesn't have that, like, that, that like swag that that really, you know, everybody compares him young and innovative to Sean McVay. He doesn't have that, like, swag that McVay has, that confidence. He's more quiet and reserved. You know, similar to like Arthur Smith is, but um, Brady's going to, de- you know, it's 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 a interesting per interesting player to put your kind of hang your head coaching future on is Sam Darnold. So he's he's got a lot riding on him too. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out. You know, going forward, like I don't know if I would you know hitch my wagon to Sam Darnold and and yeah, you know, risk my entire career on on that. But it's interesting. That's fair. Well, in a couple minutes, we uh, are going to have a special guest on, and we are going to talk insane draft stuff. Um, we've got Connor Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report coming on. Um, we've got a whole lineup of questions for him, conversation points. Um, and we're also going to have you guys kind of chime in too. So if you want to ask Connor some questions when we get him on here, just make sure you either drop it in the comments or you can do a call in. We'll figure that out. We'll get that to work. Um, the number to call in is Six seven eight, and I'm sure Splash will put that up there. Look at him, right on cue. What a guy! He's this guy, man. He is unbelievable. All right, so while we, wait, while we wait, while we wait for Connor, um, this is something we haven't really talked about before. We've talked about all the quarterbacks in this draft, but I feel like that's it. Um, so this one's a little interesting. Who are your biggest sleepers in this draft? Because, like I, th- I like I said, the quarterbacks are really getting all the spotlight, and I feel like we're not talking about pretty much anybody else. So, Frank, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I would love to take this one. Um, <laughs> there is a player in this draft that should be considered the top player at his position, and he's outside of the top five on most draft boards. And I'm calling it right now, this player – is going to do what his fellow teammate did in the NFL this season. And that player is, in the NFL, is Justin Jefferson. So, Nick, who am I talking about now? Terrace Marshall. Yes. Terrace Marshall Jr., TMJ, is going to be a household name. And I'm calling it right now. He is a freak. He's 6'3". He runs a 4'3'8". He's fluid. He goes up and gets it. He's a red zone threat. He doesn't have a weakness in his game. 
If you look at his comments recently that he made to the media, he said what separates him from every other receiver in this draft is versatility on the field. But more than that, it's his ability to be a great teammate overall. You're going to get the hardest worker, he said, if not the hardest worker that the team's ever seen, one of the hardest workers for sure in the receiver room. You're just going to get that dog, someone who takes advantage of the opportunities you're given and takes nothing for granted. I want to be an overall great person and a great leader. I'm going to make everyone around me better, he said. Look at this guy's highlights. Look how quick he is. He is he's a four, he's 438. Look, he goes up and gets it. This year for LSU, he had if you do it over the course of 14 games, he had the exact basically stats that Jamar Chase had in 2019. He was projected over the course of 14 games, he'd have 96 receptions for 450 plus yards and 20 touchdowns. He had 10 because it was seven games. Jamar Chase in 2019 had 20 touchdowns. Jamar Chase, though, had Joe Burrow in 2019. He had Miles Brennan and Max Johnson basically as his quarterbacks. This guy is big time. Terrace Marshall is – I would put him above Kadarius Toney. I'd put him above uh, um, uh, Rashad Bateman. I would. You like him better I'd than put, Waddle? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you did. He's third yeah, for me. I have – I have – I obviously have Jamar one, um, I have Smith two, and then I have him three. Him and Waddle are close, but I give me this guy. He's 6'3 and a 4'38 guy. Look at him go up and get the ball. He looks like Justin Jefferson, and he's and he's taller than Justin Jefferson. This guy is yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how like the, the receiving like how stacked LSU and Alabama have been. In the past few years, like alone, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. You mentioned Jamar Chase this year, Terrace Marshall. Then Alabama, you had Judy and Ruggs last year. And this year, you have Waddle and Devonta. Like, those it's are insane. all first round receivers. It's crazy. All right, Nick, who's yours? It's a good one. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's so random. Like, Marshall is a, a fun receiver. <laughs> I, I can't wait like, for this one. <laughs> I love a lunch pail kind of guy. Tight, exactly. <laughs> Tight end from, from, uh, from Notre Dame. Like, He's got – so it's a dying breed. Like it's a dying art is tight ends who block. And this guy blocks. Like one of the best run blockers in, in college football, as you can see here, PFF 83-7, <clears throat> blocking grade last season. Doesn't happen anymore. But he's all he's not just your like sluggish guy who, you know, sticks on the line of scrimmage and blocks guys. He can move to all three spots. He can receive – he's a good pass catcher. He's athletic. Um, I could see him in like a, as like a fullback – in a fullback role, you know, with a team – I'm trying to think of like a good fit for him uh, in a, in a Shanahan offense. Let's say, you know, like like exactly Jeremiah in line wing or fullback. Perfect, perfectly said. Guys like Tremble are a dying breed. You know, I think like you have these like I know everybody wants to talk about Kyle Pitts and everybody wants to talk about Pat Fryermuth from Penn State and Brevin Jordan from Miami. These are your receiving types, but this guy is somebody who's going to play in the NFL for a long time. He's not going to be like a flash in the pan going to come out like have 800 yards and eight touchdowns like a Kyle Pitts could but this guy is a guy who's who's a piece on a really good winning offense not a fantasy football offense I think he's going to go I would not be surprised if he's a second tight end taken I love him I would love him on the Jets I think he's a perfect fit for like I said a Shanahan offense he could do so much and he's so undervalued because he's not that like superstar wide receiver 
Um, and he's like, your that's the epitome of an underrated guy is someone who's going to do the dirty work like he does, but like, don't sleep on his athleticism because he can do it all. And I love the, the household, like Notre Dame tough guy. Like I'm all about that. I, I love, I'm going to probably, if I don't ask Connor about him on air, I'm going to ask about him off air because he's a guy, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the second round, but you know, I'm a big tremble fan and I'm, I'm going to ask Connor probably during the show and somehow I'll sleep it. I'll slip it in. <laughs> Well, all right. So we should be getting him in here shortly. So make sure you keep that thought in the back of your mind. Don't forget. I will. Um, I don't think I have a sleeper just because I don't like it sounds so bad because this is my job. This is what I do for a living. I hate the draft. I hate wow. it. It's just I just can't get oh, into you it. Can't, you can't say that before Connor. I know. Up. I Well, I'm Connor's hoping hang he, up. he can like. No, I'm hoping <laughs> he can like kind of like change my ways and show me like reasons A, B and C as to why. I shouldn't feel that way, but like, I guess it maybe I just don't watch enough college football. Well, you're a Patriots really fan, so it. the way Belichick drafts, yeah. I don't blame you that you hate the draft. Right, like so. it's it's <laughs> never something like I'm gonna get locked in on a player in college and be like, oh, I want Bill to draft him because there's a zero percent chance that that's gonna happen. So I guess why get my hopes up? I don't know. True. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean the Patriots. You, uh, you used to be in the playoffs every year, and okay, uh, relax. It's it's, it's, it's Jeff fans. Year. We oh. look forward to the draft more than anything. It's like we it is hope and pray that we get this savior <laughs> to come in and and change life, and uh, then the Grim Reaper comes and kills all our quarterbacks. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, you, you see that meme, Nick? You look, yeah, you like that like, one. It's like he's opening the door, <laughs> and it's like Zach Wilson's behind it. He's got like a big axe. It's like he's he's ready to get him. <laughs> I guess that's while we wait for him. I guess that's another thing I don't understand is people that like get dressed up like they're going to games and then they're just going to the draft. Is oh, that come like on. I'm is he hating on the draft? We got, well, is I Connor don't know. Like, I'm Bring just him asking. in if he is. I'm just I'm asking. Connor, is he here? Splash if he is, throw him in. I'm just asking questions. Is uh, I, that I like need, a normal thing? Good, for you guys? Oh, there Connor. he is. <laughs> I is that like it. not? Is that like not the most offensive introduction? To anyway, this time of year, I hate the draft too because now it's like it, we, you know, we've been uh, at least I've been, you know, keeping up with it for too long, embarrassingly long, and then you have like the national reporters that are like hey, did you hear about this guy? And it's like a first round pick. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we know. Like, it just becomes now we're over talking about everything. And, um, you know, it's, the arguments are the same every single day for like 90 days in a Literally, row. So, it's exhausting. I mean, it's, guy, I, it's why I have a job. <laughs> so, exactly. It's why I have a job. So I try not to talk down on it too much. But I understand why people have draft fatigue. I totally get it. I feel okay, like, it, so I feel I, like I as feel we as go on, now. it's like longer and longer, though. Like this process gets like worse and worse. I think it's because... It's gotten to, to the NFL's credit. It's gotten a lot more popular. People are really into it. But what it does is now the NFL is like, now it's like April 29th. It's like, damn, this shit used to be April 22nd. Like, why, why are we doing yeah. this another week? Right, Bro. exactly. You look at it and it's, you know, it's it's good for someone like me that I get an extra week yeah. or two to prepare, especially in a year where there was no combine. Uh, I wasn't on the road this year, which is miserable. But on the flip side, you become, you know, things become recycled. Like we've been mm -hmm. talking about Mac Jones at three now for two weeks straight, it feels like. And it's what we're going to hear. Now everybody's going to start walking that back and then bringing it back forward. So there's a lot of good things with the draft. And 
credit to the NFL. I mean, they made it a monster. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like people care about the draft yeah. as much as the Super Bowl almost. It's, it's so it's, true. It's, it's got, I, it's I like, like it way saying. better than the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, because well, every yeah. team's involved. That's why. Yeah, that's so, what it is. Yeah. and like you guys said off the top, you know, we all grew up Jets fans. I know Brianna, you didn't, but like mm-hmm. that that was our beacon of hope. Like mm-hmm. you looked at the draft, like, oh, every maybe the, things will be okay now. So it's the same thing over and over again every year. And uh, there's a lot of bad franchises in the NFL and that it brings those fans in or keeps those fans yep. around. Yeah. It's maybe so that's true. why maybe it's because I'm a spoiled brat for the 20 out of 24 years of my life that like the draft yeah. is just another day, another weekend for me. I don't know. We well, didn't, we didn't even get to get one. Right. When you're picking in yeah. the late twenties, cause you're looking yeah. at players that, are, you know, it, but then I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Now they've made it where like we care so much about, round two three i mean this is the first time i really feel like day three now people are like people know the players on day three Mm -hmm. like back in the day it was like oh i'm gonna learn about these guys on draft weekend now the common fan like knows their favorite day three players connor it's it's kind of ridiculous you guys and stuff though you know shows like what you guys do it's great it, All yeah. these mock drafts are insane, though. You have fans yeah. doing seven-round mocks. Like, well, the simulators. The yeah. yeah. Do these people know people in the sixth and seventh round? Let's be honest. It's, it's insanity. How they find their, then it's how they find their favorite players because yeah. they work the simulator and they see the same five names available to them every time they make pick 186 for the Jets or whatever yeah. it is, 226. And then they go, well, I really want that guy. And after I Googled him, maybe I watched three games on YouTube. Like, I think the availability, this is something the NFL does not like, especially the old school NFL scouts. The transparency and the availability of, if it's not game film, broadcast film on YouTube, um, the fact that anybody can really turn on their computer and do this now, right? Like, now not everybody's going to be great at it, but it's completely changed the game where you have, fans that can question their GM about a player they took in the third round because they've watched six games of that player. And then a lot of the times the fans will be right. So it's, you know, the passion is good. I'll say that it's great. Honestly, it really is great. It just has completely changed the dynamic of being an NFL fan. And the fact that it's now 365 league, right? Yeah, that's what it is. I know. And it, it allows, fans also they start as you were saying before they build these affinities with these players and they even go out of their way to reach out to some of these guys on social media and they're telling they're adding the jets saying to pick up this tight end in the in the late seventh round and it's interesting you see agents are getting involved that's a good one Tommy tremble um, yeah. <laughs> sorry um, I mean, the mock simulator sue is like just i mean i like i'm not even kidding and i'm not saying this in like uh being a jerk like i'll wake up sometimes and the first thing i see when i look at my phone is somebody just tagging me and saying thoughts and it's screenshot the <laughs> box simulator i can't tell you how many yeah. mornings i wake up or go to bed and that's the last <laughs> I see that. first thing i see and like i try to answer them but eventually there's so many times where it's like how many times can i see jamin davis who's going in the first round be available at like pick 104 and it's just like at some point the mock simulators are are it's great but it's also creating like a false hope in a way mm-hmm. I just don't even bother. I don't know. I just let all you. I let you don't guys go into mock simulator world. I let you guys just take care of all of that stuff. Two hundred eighty-five um, mock drafts later. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I'm good with the one that like Kuiper puts out, and then I'm all set. That's all I need for the whole season. Um, but going into this, because of the pandemic, obviously last year was a little weird. It was the start of this whole thing. We're a year removed. Um, 
no combine. How are teams handling this? How are, how are, I guess, processes changing? How are people kind of just going about this? Because it hasn't obviously been like this before. Yeah, it is an interesting question. And they are really relying on area scouts that have team sources within schools. And they do that every year to an extent because, you know, the the quick summary of it is an area scout's going to go and do his visits and he's going to go and get a body type on the player and watch him practice. And, you know, they, they used to go into the school and watch all his film there. I mean, now you could have a hard drive of the film wherever you want. So that's not really a thing anymore. And, you know, then you'd get a good feel for the guy. And But you always hear stories of, like, some players turn it on, that practice, when they know scouts are there and it's not real. You hear crazy things, but you don't have any of that this year, right? So that's number one that's a little different. You're relying on your area scouts knowing that coaching staff and, quite frankly, trusting that coaching staff because not every coaching staff is going to be transparent or honest. I mean, it's hard, right, for a coach to sit there and tell someone – that the player they've coached for three or four, sometimes five years, uh, they wouldn't want them on their team again. And unfortunately, those things happen, but it's it's the real part of the business that you need the relationships to get the you know right opinions. So that's number one. And, and number two is that the medical process is just a different animal this year. I think that, you know, obviously the NFL is getting a grasp on it as we speak. I know there are NFL medical checks going on and all the teams are involved, but you know, it's different, right? Like I remember one year um, and I forget the name of the player at the time. There was a player with a heart condition, right? And he was from Michigan. It was the interior defensive lineman. It's bothering me that I can't remember his name right now, but at this time of year, it's just, I have 8 million, 2021. Maurice Hurst. So for Maurice Hurst, uh, you know, first round talent at the time or second round talent at the time. And you ask around teams and I couldn't find a team that could get their doctor to, clear him to play right and now i don't talk to every single team but the teams that i had connections with they're like we can't put him on the board like we just our team doctor mm-hmm. won't allow it on and on and on and obviously uh the raiders felt differently and and that's how that went but that goes to show you how <laughs> varying medical opinions are right like this was a player that i couldn't find a team that was comfortable at the time taking him those don't necessarily exist this year where you have this mm-hmm. unique medical assessment of the doctor doing the one-on-one test. So the medicals is a totally different animal as much as sure. They're still getting information. They're getting it now. We're sitting here having this conversation, April 8th, the draft is in three weeks. Like usually they have this information from the actual physical combine at the end of February. So the process is a little bit more just quite difficult. Like we'll see teams miss on players for injury reasons that they just couldn't detect. We'll see them miss on players for character reasons that they couldn't detect. They couldn't sit down and do in-person interviews with them. Everything is on Zoom. Anybody can, you know, not everybody's the same person they actually are on Zoom. And those interviews are much quicker and different. So the entire process has just been, uh, I don't want to say simplified, but it's definitely been, you know, watered down a little bit that you can't right. do as much. On yep. the flip side of that, you're going to be drafting players more on tape, which I think is a good thing when all said mm-hmm. and done. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and like you said, the the relationship side of things and who you trust and who you get really solid info from is going to you know be at the forefront and obviously tape, which is great too. Um, and this is Connor Rogers, obviously, Bleacher Report, draft expert, draft analyst, whatever you want to go by, the host of what seems like 100 podcasts at this point. So I don't <laughs> even want to like get into one or two because I feel like I'd be doing somebody else a, a disservice. But 
Um, Connor's as good as it gets and shoot him a follow on all his social platforms. You can check out the ticker. We'll throw out his, his, uh, Twitter, his Instagram, his, uh, Bleacher Report page. So like you're talking about relationships. Are there guys that whether it's today, this week, last week, anybody that's stick, you know, sticking out to you as somebody who we should watch for, like you said, a Maurice Hurst, who's going to fall or going to, you know, be drafted earlier than a lot of us expect, whether it is because of injury or, you know, just because someone we just, even though there's, a, like you said, a million simulators, somebody we just don't expect to go this early. Yeah, it's a it's a great one because you look at it and, you know, I think a lot of people are making a lot of assumptions off athletic testing at the moment as those numbers have rolled on in. And, you know, Gregory Rousseau is someone for me that all summer we saw him talked about as this no brainer top 15 pick. Then he opted out of the season and then obviously tested uh, not very well, considering for a defensive end or edge rusher. And then you're looking at it, and I know a lot of people in the draft community are probably thinking like, oh, man, I've seen people say he's a day three player. But then I've talked to NFL guys that are like, oh, no, he's probably still a top 50 guy. So I guess it depends where you sit on the whole Gregory Rousseau thing. But I don't think not playing in the athletic testing has cost him the first two rounds like a lot of people are assuming. So I could see him being a second round player still. I think the quarterback class is fascinating. There is just a whirlwind right now around (laughs) Davis Mills. And, uh, you know, I I don't necessarily agree with it. I look at him and and think he's a day three quarterback all day, but it sounds like he'll go on the second day of the draft. So those are the ones that are like day two interesting players. I think on day one, the ultimate wild card for me in the entire draft is probably Jalen Phillips because quite frankly, you know, he is as talented as you would want from the edge rusher spot, but he had to medically retire after UCLA. He had concussions. He had really bizarre injuries or just un- unfortunate injuries. Uh, I think there was a lot of people behind the scenes or some scouts I talked to that were like, we don't know how much he really even wanted to continue to play football. Hmm. And then he gets back, you know, he goes to Miami, uh, has the year off, he gets his body right, puts on a ton of muscle, a ton of weight. It just explodes in 2020 to the player everyone thought he would be when he was a five-star recruit. And now it looks like he's back in the first-round conversation. So it's like you look at him at UCLA and you see the flashes as a freshman. It's like, oh, he's going to be a top-five pick one day. The entire career kind of tumbles down and gets built back up. So if Jalen Phillips went in the top 15, I wouldn't blink at all. I just think he's he's talented at a premium position. The Giants are a team that need edge rusher really badly. I don't you know, know if he'll go 11, but... It'll start there where so many teams need edge pass rushers that Jalen Phillips is this big domino. We're all waiting to see how it falls. Are there character concerns there, Connor? Are there concerns with his character, like his love for the game? Or is it just um, is it more of a physical thing? I think it's medical. I really think it's medical. I think that, you know, everybody at Miami uh, just loved him. He was a dominant force there. He worked really hard. I think UCLA was a little bit different. I think there were some questions there just about his long-term future there. And he ultimately ended up transferring and it all worked out. So I think with Jalen Phillips, if there were character questions, it feels like they are behind him. And it's just about medical now of him being able to have a long career and being worth that first round investment. Because in terms of talent, teams just have no questions about that. It's interesting because he could benefit from the just put on the tape, but he can also you know, drop because of the medicals that they might not be able to get their hands around. So it's going to be interesting. Like I've heard the same thing about Phillips is like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's edge one on a team's board, you know, or he falls, like you said, to, you know, day two or day three because of the medicals. I'm sure he'll be off of some team's boards too. But 
Um, let's switch switch gears to the topic. I'm sure you're tired of talking about, but everybody wants to. It's the quarterbacks and how you rank them. What's your? We've gone. I felt like we do this on the past three or four shows, right? <laughs> right now, quickly, you can run through it because I'm sure you're going to go over it on all your shows and you know the draft work that you put out in a few a few weeks. What's your top five, or you can even go to six if you want. What's it looking like right now? Yeah, it's been pretty static for me since December yeah. or, or or January, where I have it that you know Trevor Lawrence is number one. That's never changed since summer. Um, right. You know, and then I look at it. The riser's been Zach Wilson. He's been my my QB two. Uh, Justin Fields right behind him. I, I think that, you know, the crazy thing for me, guys, is I'd never have, you know, two or three quarterbacks in the top 10 of a draft. And I have four in the top 10 this year. I, I wow. think wow. I think Lawrence Wilson Fields and Lance, uh, who if Lance ends up having the best career out of all of them, I would not be shocked. He's my QB four, but he's still really? a top, top 10 player just loaded up with talent, all mm-hmm. world character. Um, you know, I really hope he goes number three to San Francisco, despite all the Mac Jones talk. I think he would be. I think it'd be a megastar with Kyle Shanahan. I really do. So I, I stack it like that. It, I think they're in their own tier too. Like Lawrence mm-hmm. is really special. Wilson Fields and Lance are, are really, really good. And, and then there's a drop off. Like Mac Jones is a round two player for me. I, I and he's a good prospect. Really? Yeah, he's yeah. a good prospect. But I, I just look at the athleticism and body type and arm pa- arm strength and the ability to push the ball at all three levels. And it's just not on the same level as those other guys. It's not. And it, maybe it looks, you know, good at times because he's throwing to uh round one pick Devonte Smith, round one pick Jalen Waddle, round one pick running back Najee Harris, multiple offensive linemen that'll be drafted in the top 75 picks. And you can't knock Mac Jones to that. He's playing who he's playing with. Right. And he stuck it out at Alabama after not getting to start over to us. So you give him credit there, but Physically, it's just a different ball game. When things break down around Mac Jones at the next level, uh, I don't think he has the playing out of structure ability that the other four guys possess. And and it's really, you know, it's it's sad he's become almost like a, a meme on Twitter where people are freaking out about the Niners maybe taking him at three because he's a solid quarterback prospect. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you could see. Um, I know people laugh at this, but like a lot of, it's like a weird blend, like a little Chad Pennington, a little of when That's Andy Dalton was actually bringing the Bengals to the playoffs. Not like Andy Dalton. Now that people are laughing at, like <laughs> he's a quarterback you can win games with, but is mm-hmm. he going to ele- elevate everyone around you and win games on his own? Like Russ, like Rogers, like Mahomes, like, you know, he's not that guy. He's not. And, and if you're taking him at three, you traded three first round picks for him. He has to be that guy. So it's a very interesting situation. And then after that, you know, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask, a day two player, uh, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, top of round, top of day three players for me. And then after that, the quarterback class is not much to write home about. All right, Connor, I am a big Venmo bet kind of guy. So <laughs> we're going to make a Venmo bet, you and I. But I I can't take your money. You can only win my money. So it's a pretty good deal for me. All right, all right. <laughs> I like so those we'll, kind we'll, of we'll, we'll make it nice because you, you you know you chose to join our show and you know you're a great guy. So give me the top four picks in this uh, in in this draft. Jaguars one, Jets two, Niners three, Falcons four. How does it go? If you get it, I will Venmo you, Nick. How how much money, Nick? Nick will be the oh Brianna. You you pick the money. Go ahead. Uh, what did you say? The top four. If Connor gets the top four right, I will Venmo him a certain amount. Don't make it over fifty dollars. I was gonna say say do ten bucks per pick. So if he gets them all, it's forty dollars. 
Well, I got two All lamps. Right. Well, he's, he, yeah, yeah, he already got two. All right, fine. We'll do that. Okay, 20, 20s in the bank. Thanks, Brie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know Trevor Lawrence is going one. We know we feel pretty good about Zach Wilson going number two. I'm going to go completely uh, away from the, you know, consistent narrative. I still am doubting Mac Jones at three. And it, if it happens, it happens. I, I still yeah. think they moved up to take Trey Lance. I really do. And no one's saying it. Um, no one will say it. I don't know why. You know, they have nothing to hide now. But Kyle Shanahan does not strike me as this guy that, and I worked with Chris Sims for a long time. I love Chris. Kyle's not going to call Chris, you know, months ago, a month ago and say, Hey, this is who I'm taking or Adam. I don't think Adam Schefter would necessarily know that. Right. There's no reason. So I don't know. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If it's Mac, I I think it's a mistake, but that's how I feel. It'll go. I feel like Trey Lance really uh, is is a perfect landing spot there. And then I think Atlanta is going to trade number four and a team is going to come up and take Justin Fields or maybe Mac Jones, but I'll, for the sake of actually making a choice here, I'll say Justin Fields at four. Uh, I think Atlanta should take a quarterback. I've heard that they are leaning towards trading that pick, and it seems like everyone else has heard the same. The question is who's actually going to pony up to come up there. The Panthers knew they couldn't make a trade with Atlanta, so they had to move on to train for Sam. Uh, the Broncos make some sense. We'll see how aggressive they get. The Patriots make a lot oh, of sense if they can make that climb. Was- my yeah. follow-up. The Bears know that they are going to get fired if things don't go well this year. I could see the Bears giving up everything to come up to four. So if four is for sale, which I believe it is, I think it will be another quarterback to one of those teams I mentioned, and it'll probably be Justin Fields. Okay, so in reality, so. do you think the Pats would make a move and trade up? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a while that you don't go out and spend all that money in free agency and plug and play all of these needs unless you want to keep your hand open to being aggressive for the draft, right? Like, you don't need all of these day two picks now. And I I just had my sheet open. They have like nine trillion picks this year quietly. Nobody's really talking about that. Not that, you know, they're going to have to give up future, uh, maybe a future (laughs) one to do that. But they, they make a ton of sense when you look at the Patriots. They really do. I think they're a team that, you know, they have a bizarre run of picks in the fourth round, like 120, 122, 139. But they can trade 15, 46, 96, and a one next year, uh, maybe make that climb. And then you're sitting there and going, well, we don't care about our round two or three picks because we have two starting tight ends, a starting wide receiver, an edge rusher. Like, we feel like we can win now and develop our quarterback of the future. Interesting. Okay. And then last, last Patriots question, then we can just get back to the draft. Um, what do you think is more likely to happen? They actually do trade up? for a quarterback or they get one Jimmy Garoppolo back? Oh, I think a trade up. I think really, okay. Yeah. I think the Niners should keep Jimmy. I think that you never want to now. I'm sure Jimmy's not thrilled, although he'll say the otherwise, but here it goes back to what I believe. And I don't even think I don't, I wouldn't want to just draft Mac Jones and throw him on the field right away with, with no other solution. Like whether you draft Trey Lance, whether you draft Justin Fields, whether you draft Mac Jones, you like having the option of Jimmy starting the season and letting those guys, even if it's for a couple weeks, right? And then you go to the rookie. We've seen that work well in the past where it's you're not just throwing him out there. You're not going to go back to Jimmy, right? So I think when you look at it, I, I think Jimmy stays and maybe that changes draft weekend. I, I think it makes more sense too for New England to really like take a swing, go up and get one of these talented guys. Don't yeah, go totally. back. I know Belichick, he loves Jimmy, loves him. But I just think, right, it doesn't matter right now. Like, you got to go up and be aggressive. 
I agree. All right, this Pat's talk is making me nauseous. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Sorry, I just, I just had to get it out there. Jeez, Bri, we every all, week. We all know why we're here. We know who's going to be listening. It's I'm the Jet fan base. Sorry. They're salivating about building around Zach Wilson at this point. Who are some names that you're hearing, whether it is – let's forget about Wilson. Uh, let's forget about, like, the top tier of talent. Are there any guys that you – whether it's you've heard about it or somebody – you know, a few names that you think they should go after – who are some guys that Jet fans, and you could even throw some Giant fans in there too, will stay local. Who are some guys, you know, after round one that you're hearing or you think these two teams should go after? Yeah, I think the Jets are doing their homework on what this running back class looks like on day two. And, and that's not a surprise, right? We think that, you know, we feel at least I've talked to people that feel pretty comfortable. Najee Harris will go in round one, no matter how much don't take a running back round one conversation happens. You have the Dolphins, you have the Steelers. There's a lot of landing spots for him. So assuming that it's Najee and then ETN goes in the top 45 picks. I, I don't think the jets can afford to take a running back with one of those top three picks. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just not something they can afford to do. They have too many needs. And then you get into the conversation of, okay, we'll do your homework on who's there in, on round three. You know, Kenny Gainwell, Michael yes. Carter. Those are the two that make a lot of sense to me, at least because they're, you know, they might not be, uh, you know, like a Najee or an ETN that's going to get the ball 25 times a game, you're going to committee them with the running backs you have on the roster, but you feel like they can contribute pretty well. So I, I think you're going to hear a lot of buzz around the Jets and names like Kenny Gainwell, Michael Carter. I personally think Chuba Hubbard makes a lot of sense. I know everybody's soured on him. I like Chuba Hubbard mm-hmm. a lot once he's healthy. And, and that, you know, I think Javante Williams goes too early. I know people love him. I love him. I just... I think he'll be gone by the time the Jets start considering running back. So I think that makes a lot of sense for them. And then they're going to be, you know, I would think that they're going to have to be all over this corner class or offensive line class at 34, no matter what they do at 23. They're going to have to see uh, who falls down the board, right? Alex Leatherwood is somebody that makes a lot of sense to me. He's played guard. He's played tackle. You know, will Newsom's injuries cost him round one? And he's sitting there at 34. Newsom's a great fit. Uh, Melifon move from Syracuse is a really nice scheme fit. Maybe you can get him at 66, although I don't know if he makes it that long. So they're doing their homework on the areas that they did not go after in free agency, which is like, you could sit there and go, maybe that's, you know, questionable business. Everybody knows what you're doing, but there's so many names in the draft that it doesn't matter. So the jets are obviously doing all their homework on running back offensive line and corner. That's no secret. I wouldn't shock me if they take another edge. When you look at the giants, they have really made a concerted effort to build around Daniel Jones. And I don't think it's over yet. I know everybody's excited over the Galladay signing. I think when you look at it though, they're not done. They have a couple of receivers that we know can play. They have Saquon coming back. They still have holes at guard. And I said on the bleacher report show today, I look at Trey Smith in round three and just think he's a perfect fit. They lost Kevin Zeitler. They need to do something at guard. They need edge pass rush help. Like I said, Jalen Phillips talk probably starts at 11 although I could see them waiting a little bit longer on edge and seeing what blue chip player falls to them at 11, whether that's a Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle, someone like that. Mm-hmm. The point is that the giants are not done aiding Daniel Jones in a significant way. Yeah. Connor is- just popping in the film and looking at some of these prospects. I, uh, I found myself just, just thinking this draft class is amazing. I mean, it seems like there's six or seven tackles that could end up becoming starters in this league. Uh, You look at the wide receivers speak for themselves. You have this quarterback class. I mean, based on all the research you've done with this class, would you say, I mean, where would you rank this class? Would you, would you agree with me and say this is one of the best you've ever scouted? 
In a lot of areas, yes. It starts with the wide receivers. Last year's was great. This one is probably better, honestly. Uh, Jamar yeah. Chase would be the Crazy. best receiver in last year's class. I, I think I would take Jalen Waddle over any of those guys last year. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb would be in the mix, but that that's about it for me. And, and it's deep. I mean, I'm looking at the board I have right now. I, I got through uh, 30... 32, 33 wide receivers this year that are all draftable. That's, wow. ridic- that's ridiculous. Like that's, that's just that, Yeah, it's ridiculous. That that's maybe any, never happened ever. No, exactly. And and sure, somebody will probably get the short end of the stick and not hear their name called. But if if any of those guys got picked, they absolutely earned being a draft pick. When you look at tackle, that it's a great point. There's just so many players that can go in the top 100 that can develop into starters. You, you know about Penny Sewell. You know Rashawn Slater, Christian Darisaw. You know, I think Alex Leatherwood can play tackle. Some people want him at guard. Tevin Jenkins can play tackle and boy. at a high level. That's the one that makes so much sense at 23 for the Jets. I'm mm-hmm. just not convinced he gets there. Me too. You know, Eichenberg, uh, I think Mayfield is guard. No, I just can't see Douglas being that kind of guy to surrender picks. No? The one thing I'll say yeah, is... I don't think he would, Nick. The thing that it has me kind of raising an eye is, did they accept a 2022 second and fourth rounder knowing mm-hmm. that they'll use that as trade chips this yep, year instead. That's what I thought. Yeah, yep. that makes a lot of sense. The only thing I will say is, uh, and this is kind of evil, there's a part of me that wonders, like, are the Panthers going to be any good? Do you want to move that second yeah. round pick? What if it's a top 40 pick next year? Mm-hmm. So I, maybe the fourth rounder is what they look to move. So, yeah, I'm with you, Nick. I, I would move up for Tevin Jenkins. It's a, it's a plug-and-play yeah. upgrade. He could be your long-term right tackle. You could play him at guard right away. It's just a loaded offensive line and wide receiver class across the board. All right. Well, I asked these guys this earlier. Um, so obviously we have to ask you, who is your biggest sleeper in this draft? Because like I said earlier, I feel like we're really just talking about the quarterbacks and everybody else is just getting tossed to the wayside. So who do you have? I feel like I have to change this answer like every other week because like Twitter, <laughs> Twitter just blows up a new prospect every week and they still haven't gotten this guy. So uh, my late day three sleeper is Antonio Nunn, the wide receiver from Buffalo. They, they just don't throw the ball. And I feel yeah. bad for him because he's a stud. He really is. He's a good player. Uh, great, great concentration and body control. Very tough before the catch. He, he, you can't press him at the line of scrimmage. He catches things in traffic. He's a tough player. Jarrett Patterson's gotten all the love out of that Buffalo program. And that's okay. He deserves it. He deserves to be drafted. But if you're looking for that sixth round wide receiver that just uh, he's really, really good, honestly. I, I was blown away by how good the film is when they actually throw the guy the ball. None would be my guy all day. I, I don't see why he can't be a long-term number three or number four at the NFL. That You just see how sticky his hands are, and he's got late Yeah, hands. he looks good. He's got looks late a little bit hands. like Crowder. Little yeah, Crowder game yeah he's huh? a smaller, more compact build, uh, really, really good acceleration, and and, and DBs that try to run with him, they, they even when they cover him, he's got such late Ooh. hands Ooh, that it doesn't great. matter. So he's a good player. Um, I really hope he gets drafted because I think he'll be one of the better day three wide receivers that just no one is talking about. The Patriots should look into him since Edelman's not playing this year. So he'd be, Listen, be perfect please, in the slot for them. Please, <laughs> please relax with that. Sorry, sorry. Please. <laughs> All right, do we? Nobody think- said he wasn't playing. <laughs> Yeah, I think Maybe I thought I heard otherwise season. he's going to try and play at least a little bit, but that's um, that's the right, rumor. Have, that's the rumor. We've had we've had Connor here for a long time. Again, obviously, Connor Rogers, Bleacher Report draft expert. I call him, even if they don't call you that, I call you that, Connor. I appreciate it, man. To you on the side. I appreciate um, it. Do we have Splash and or Bree? We have any fan app or chat questions lined up? If you haven't entered yours, enter yours right now quickly. We can 
throw them up and then we'll let Connor run out of here. I know he's got a, he's got a run. So it's okay. we'll throw a few up there and, and Dan's got the first one. Um, that's actually a pretty good one. Who do you, who do you see making a head scratching move in the same vein of Chicago going up two picks for Trubisky? I mean, we might've already seen it. If Mac Jones goes three, it's not that he's a bad, like he's not Trubisky. I know, right? he's not I know a bad what you player. mean. But it's just, it's hard to sit here and say trade three first rounders for Mac Jones. Um, the talk of Jamin Davis being a top 20 pick, he's a nice player, yeah. not a first round player. And, Over JOK too? Like, oh, it's not going to happen. It, it sounds like it. It's really nuts. Oh, and, and so those are the ones that, type, to me, like, I, it's hard to draft off ball linebackers in round one. They got to yeah. be really good cover guys or do something special. So, those are the two for me that I'm like, oh man, like what is, what is Dallas going to do at 10? Are they going to shock us or are they just going to take the best player? That's the one I have my eyes on. Do you think there's any shot Dallas moves up for uh, for Pitts? <sighs> it's a good one. With Jerry sitting there, you never know. I, I just think that I feel like the Bengals will take Chase. And then. Wow. I don't know. I, I, our, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I think that it, Pitts falling to 10 just wouldn't shock me. Like, really? Uh, everybody's I turned Pitts into this, like, uh, they've turned Pitts into, like, the Miles Garrett prospect, like the non-quarterback that's just too good to not take. And, like, mm -hmm. I love him, but I don't, like, I think Jamar Chase is a better prospect. I, I don't know. I just, I think Penny Sewell's a better prospect. Like, he's he, the hype has gotten a little crazy where, like, I want people to be prepared for him to not be a top four or five pick in this draft. Yeah. We had and people also, on the show saying that he was the best prospect in this draft. All around, better than Trevor. Quarterbacks Long. included. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Somebody yeah, said it's a that. It wasn't like, me. He's got great hands. He's a good athlete. He's huge. He's a tight end. Like he should not be a bust. There's no, but yeah. do we? Do you think he's Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey? That's what I no, asked I Adam Lefko today on the show. A breed. Yeah. Exactly. He's, those yeah. guys change your run game, and Kyle Pitts does not do that. He's right not going to do that at all. Yeah. So I, I just wonder how valuable that tight end is at the next level. In the right offense, he could be a killer, a great, mm -hmm. great player. But I just, I, I don't know. I just think people really need to be prepared for a tight end not going in the top five. And and that's my worry with a guy like Pitts. It's like, let's say he does go to Miami for whatever reason, and he and he goes and you're expecting, five, you know, number six overall stats and like numbers that like Jamar Chase could put up and he's a tight end and you have to limit your expectations. What if he goes out and he has, 500 yards and six touchdowns. Is that going to be just because of playing the tight end position is like, is that going to be worth a number six overall pick? Like we that's saying I it on last find myself doing like struggling with that. We were saying it on last week's show. He doesn't move like a tight end. He's almost, it's sometimes these tight ends when they're that quick and fast, sometimes they don't find their spots on the field. They're playing more like a wide receiver than they are a tight end. Um, so it's interesting to see like where Pitts, but he's a freak, as, as you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, he could take something underneath and, and take it for six. So, um, all right, this kid's posted a million times. We're gonna get your question, Connor. Do you see this question? This kid's this kid's obsessed with this guy. Is there another yeah. thoughts on Firemouth to the Jets? Uh, not crazy. I mean, listen, he's a really good pass catcher, really good seam target. He's a good effort blocker. He's not like this, you know, George Kittle kind of going to throw you Tommy in the ground. Or... But yeah, exactly. Tremble's a great blocker. Like he's got good oh feet uh, where he can get to his spots. And you're going to be asked to do that in a wide zone rushing mm -hmm. attack. So he's a nice player. It's a good fit. The question is, you're probably not getting him at 66. Are you willing to take him at 34? Yeah, I don't, I really. just don't think the Jets can do that. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
We got any app questions loaded for 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 Connor before? Thanks, Splash. We, uh, we got him. By the way, Connor, someone gave me love on your headshot and said you need a headshot like Connor. What are you doing with yourself? I can't so, even. I, it, it was a random picture when I was down at Auburn, um, and I just use it for everything now because I'm like, well, thank you. To I feel bad. I don't even know who <laughs> took it. I'm just like. Well, now I don't have to get a like one of those goofy headshots where I dress up oh, and stand man. in front of like a white wall and I like turn and smile. I don't have to do that anymore. So I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> I think you got the best <laughs> background in the game too. I know that's your, is this your like uh zoom well, slash. This is my, uh, my home quarantine? now. I don't, there's no going to work anymore. So I, I needed something that works and it's, it's been a, uh, it's been a nice luxury, man. When I, the pandemic started, I was in my old place and I was doing shows out of my room and I was like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> Like I cannot wake up and sit where I work all day. You get to the point yeah. where you lose your. I am very much looking forward to going back into a studio. Yeah. Are you? So are you for the for Bleacher Report? Are you doing a studio set for, yes. the, for the draft? So cool. we will be down in Atlanta this year. You know where nice. they do all the big. Uh, you know all the big NBA on TNT shows. Yeah, and TNT, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a lot of space. I'm looking forward very to being nice. back on a desk talking to humans face to face. Very nice. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, All right, so we have some questions here. Let's see what we Question got. one. I, I'm going to ask you this. Connor, why is the U Stadium app better than the Bleacher? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's a question. What, what's up with that? You guys are going to get me in trouble. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't speak on that. Let's just, let's just uh, say they're both No, very, you're going to have a good. lot more users than us. <laughs> they're so. very good app. Man, <laughs> but if I say the wrong thing on the now. Bleacher Report app, they are relaxed. Yeah. I think the U Stadium has a nice Jets core. Where yeah. like yeah. if I speak about something else on the VR app, but they'll uh, they'll come after me. So I gotta watch my myself a little bit more. <laughs> fair, fair. What's another? Is there? What do we got down here? How will uh, Sam Darnold do uh, in do Carolina? It? How do how do you think we were speaking about that before? What are your what are your thoughts? I, there? I think he'll never take the step into being the guy people thought he would be, and that's a top eight quarterback. I don't yeah. think those days will ever come for Sam. He just doesn't see the field well enough, and just doesn't process that. And the deep ball isn't great. But can he be average? I think he can get there in a very quarterback-friendly offense with Joe Brady. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can do a lot of things they're going to ask, a lot of timing, a lot of rolling out, getting him on the move. My question is, like, everybody is just killing Teddy Bridgewater, saying they needed this upgrade. I am not sure that Sam is this lock as this huge upgrade over Teddy. Mm -hmm. So I think the turnovers will be, uh, you know, a bigger problem, but there might be more bigger plays. So... I don't, I don't see it guys. I just, I, I know it's tough. And I, I think Sam can be an average quarterback that has a long NFL career, but there were times where people were comparing him to Andrew Luck or whoever you want. It's just, I mean, it's just not, I don't see it. Nick, why are you shaking your head? You were comparing him to Andrew Luck. No, because I, no, I never compared him to Andrew Luck. I, I had him. I loved him, and I still do. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, the Jets did him dirty. Him like it's yeah, yeah they did. You could they argue that we'll never no know. One. Yeah, they gave yeah. him no support out there. I was shaking was my just... head almost as like a disappointment for what how this ended and turned out. Like nobody likes to see. You, know, you don't want to see how what happened to him. Like yes, of course he takes blame for how it turned out, but like man, I feel that he just didn't have a chance here. You know, so it was just like they like you said they did him so dirty and. You know, you hate to see just Adam Case come in in two years and just completely tear down a guy's career. Like, like I expect his career is over as like a starting quarterback, like a top level guy. I don't see it ever happening. You know, and that's crazy yeah. to think after how excited we were in you know 2018 for this guy. So it's just like it's bittersweet to see it. But like credit, I, I thought Douglas did a great job to get what he did from Carolina, and you know I hope he goes on and does well with 
you know, I'm a big fan of Joe Brady's, um, but I just don't, you know, I don't see it happening either, but, um, well, it's like well, a double-edged yeah. sword, right? Like if Sam goes out and has even a middle-of-the-pack season, right, and yeah. everybody starts seeing more flashes and the turnovers go down, I mean, <clears throat> Joe Brady's getting a head coaching job. Yep. So then it's like, will Sam still look like that without him? And and who knows? Mm -hmm. But it, it's just very fascinating how Carolina will play out these next two years. Yeah. Yeah, I so you're all like, in agreement we mentioned that before, too. right? You're hitching your wagon to, to Sam Darnold. It's kind of a risky move for Joe Brady. And they got and Matt Rule has a six-year deal. He's the only guy that could have done it. He yeah. really is. You know, if, if the Broncos did it and it doesn't work, Fangio's fired. It, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Washington was interesting. I think they had a little bit more runway, but they obviously bowed out. You know, Chicago. I thought whatever they do, they have to be right or they're fired. So like that. Yeah. You know, I would probably take the swing with Sam than Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Yeah, but if each their own. Doesn't it feel like there's a no? The, like Nagy's got it. There's no winning for him this year. Like I think he's gone regardless. He just feels like that lame duck situation. It, it's a tough division to be in, right? Like, you know, yeah, green Bay, is. green Bay is a powerhouse right now. Uh, the lions are going to compete. They're not going to be good, but they're at least going to go yeah. out and try to give you they'll a hard sneak time. Out some, a few crazy. Yeah, wins they'll play. play for that coach. Yeah. I, I don't think Goff is as terrible as everyone else says. I don't know if Detroit's a great spot for him, but you know, and then the Vikings, it, the Vikings got a lot of injuries. They'll be good this year, year, I think. Right? They'll, They'll be bounce back. Good yeah. I mean, there's... They're going to win at least eight games. The, the Bears are probably are going to be picked to finish third in that division. And like you said, yeah. Nick, that that's not good enough for that no, coaching right. staff. Because he made the playoffs last year, and there was still... You know, if he, he goes down, he, he goes almost got fired again. Still. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Interesting. All right, well, Connor, we'll let you run. We appreciate that. We'll, we'll connect after the draft, whether we do something on the app or we have you on again to kind of recap it. But um, let everybody know where they can check you. I didn't want to – with the podcast thing, I want you to sign off on your own and, and throw out where and when people can check you out. Yeah, of course. I mean, with all the Jets stuff, I do it on the Badlands show. But draft-wise, it's all Bleacher Report. We're going to be mm -hmm. live all three days, uh, Bleacher Report app, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you really want to watch the show. So – I'm biased. I think it's better than the TV coverage. As someone growing up watching the TV coverage, I think we're mm -hmm. just, uh, it's more about the players and the picks. And we have, a, a, I can't announce it yet, but we have a pretty great lineup for who will be working with me this year on the desk. And I think it'll really, really excite people when they see, you know, some new faces as analysts with the draft. So that's really what my mind is on right now. I'm really excited to, to get down to Atlanta and, and do the show for all three days. Awesome. Well, dude, I'm happy for you. You've earned it. Like you're crushing it out there. Love reading your stuff. Love listening to you on the pod. So keep it up. We'll be, uh, we'll always be checking in. We'll always be reading and sharing your stuff. So keep it up, man. We'll be looking forward to watching on the draft. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Course, Thanks, Connor. Thanks for coming on, man. See you, buddy. See you later. Connor's the man. Awesome. And he, awesome. he said exactly what we said about Sam Darnold. A few times Soup too. A, a, a to Z. He had. literally yeah regurgitated exactly what we said. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. uh, it's not something, I mean, as a Jets fan, you don't want Sam Darnold to not reach his potential. I want him to go to Carolina and kill it. It's just, I don't know. He was so feel like it's gonna, it wasn't that the talent wasn't there. You saw, um, a, a resemblance of what could potentially be a top 10 quarterback at times. Um, remember Nick, he had that stretch. I don't know if it was year, uh, it was year two. I think he led the league in QBR for the last four games of the mm -hmm. season. I mean, he, he, against Houston, remember there that were some windows. He had, so. yeah, some windows, yeah, where 2018. Like, and it seemed to be like the last, like you said, like the last few games of the year, 
it always seemed to be like it gave you that little bit of jolt into the offseason, some excitement. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, Splash um, played well against Rodgers, played well against Watson and the Texans that year. There were a few games where you just were like, this is the guy, you know, so it brought you into the offseason with some excitement. And he was never able to replicate it. And the team was never able to, you know, support him. So, you know, it was uh, unfortunate. That's why, that's why I said it's bittersweet to see him go because I, you know, I think we all agree it was time for him to go time to invest in Wilson and move on. But you just, you feel you know, like it's another kind of how it played out. Another thing with quarterbacks that's very underrated is availability. Are mm-hmm. they able to play? And can you count on them every freaking Sunday? Give someone like Eli Manning, for example, if Eli Manning had some injuries and wasn't able to consistently play, maybe the Giants would have gotten rid of him before he he won his first Super Bowl. When you're not playing. I wish they did. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. I mean, look at Carson Wentz missing games. You're gone, man. We traded the farm for you. We gave you a lot of money. You're gone if you if you're not available. And that's that's something with Sam Darnold. I mean, the mono thing. Then he got hurt, and you can't depend on this guy. I mean, it's 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 not what you want out of a quarterback. You want an available quarterback. It's 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 underrated. Um, the injury factor when it comes to quarterbacks. It's ruined quarterbacks' careers. RG three is an example. I mean, you're done. It's it's over. And that's yeah, why I, all the time. I really don't understand what people in my area don't understand about that. Your best ability is availability. That's what it is. Jimmy G doesn't have that. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, like I've, I've told you guys, people here, like the vast majority just don't want Cam. So they're willing to, I guess, to push that aside and completely forget about all of that just for the sake of having Jimmy G back. But I mean, the second Jimmy breaks something, breaks a freaking nail for all I care. He's out for three weeks. And then then what? He's a typical, he's the typical Italian mama's boy who (laughs) gets his knee in the driveway and he, and he can't walk for, and his mom does his laundry kind of like his mom still does his laundry. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, moms do the best best laundry. Let's just be honest. That's for sure. Let's just, let's call mine as good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Nick, you're, like obsessed, our- you're like obsessed with laundry whenever i go to nick's house sometimes like back when we were young you you and your dad would like always be doing laundry i'm like what are you guys doing like you guys have like, doing a, mine that's like a little like connection a with laundry it was weird it's like, oh, did you do the laundry no, no i like I'm when the shirts like, smell good man yeah you guys are like oh. awesome right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's wrap this thing up what do we have to finish off the show the best prospects because we kind of touched on it with kyle pitts in the draft the uh, talk with connor and um, if anybody wants to call in and read and have a yeah, question like for the stream, us, always whatever. like the stream, subscribe to the channel, U Stadium on YouTube. The app is ustadium.com slash download and follow us across social, Instagram and Twitter. It's easy. It's at U Stadium. That's there right. Very nice. Nicely done, Frank. We'll do so I guess we'll do the best prospects that we've seen in the, in like our oh, okay. lifetime as uh fans have been following the draft and stuff. Um if somebody wants to call in, you have questions, you want to throw them in the chat, we can answer those really quick to, you know, we went a little longer, but this has been fun. The draft talk I could talk forever about, but um, Splash, you want to throw up throw up mine first here. So this is best prospects in terms of skill players, your receivers, your running backs, your tight ends. And this is basically going back as like, I remember the Reggie Bush draft always sticks out to me in the Adrian Peterson draft. So 
there's a lot of guys we left off, a lot we can argue about. Frank's got a different list in mind. He's got some similar names, but Julio Jones to me sticks out as a guy. I watched him in college. I followed him into the NFL, obviously the draft process. He is as good and as clean of a prospect as I've ever seen. Um, Calvin, obviously number two with hit six, five. I think he ran it in like a four, I think he ran a 40 at his size, like four, three, nine, four, four. And this was when guys weren't running like these four, three twos, you know, and as you see now, but like those two guys as receivers were, you know, Georgia tech really didn't throw the ball too much. You know, that's why when Calvin did what he did and then came into the NFL and was just like, may, may have had the best four or five year window any receivers ever had. Um, Reggie Bush to me, even though it didn't work out in the draft, I remember as a Jeff fan, I was like 15, you know, going down to, I think it was like the hard rock cafe where the jets always had these draft parties. And we were outside on the line waiting to get in, checking like radio shows, waiting, dying for the jets to trade up for Reggie Bush that year. Um, like he was a, he was a prospect where everybody was like, you can't pass this guy. He's going to be like all world, the kick returns, the catching the ball it was like a different world then too even though it was only 10 12 years ago whatever he didn't go to the right more team. than that yeah he, he i agree he didn't get drafted to the right spot yeah at that time but you know if he would have played in today's game maybe he would have been one of the best in the league ap to me like i don't know when i think of like your workhorse back that we've seen in the past like 15 20 years i think of ap and what he did at oklahoma the mvp season you know the video game era he was in on, on like the back end of it like growing up frank like playing with ap and in Madden, he oh, was yeah. just like, you know, so him coming into the draft, like drafting a running back in the first round, that was when teams still did it. But to he me, may he be in your top five running backs of all time conversation. Yeah, he down could the be. Line. And he's People still playing, even though he's not signed. Put him in there. He's yeah, amazing. Sure. I know yeah. what he's doing. Like he could still run the ball. Um, and and maybe the shocker here is what Kyle Pitts is doing. Like it sounds crazy to have him in over guys like you know some receivers receivers we've seen even the receiver, like a Jamar chase, like having a guy like Kyle Pitts. And I know Connor said he has chase over Pitts, and, and I don't blame him. Like I love chase. I would pick chase before I pick Pitts, just for, just because of the position situation, but watching this guy play. And like, if you put him in the right offense and used him, like they use Kelsey, even though they're different players, but I'm saying like, make him a focal point of your offense where it runs through him, what he can do with his wingspan, his catch radius, his ability to go up and get it the speed, the mismatch that he can be in a passing offense and like a pass heavy league that's found out really how to use tight ends him coming into the draft. And what he did in Florida last year was like, I've never seen that before from a tight end. So I put him up there with some of the best receivers I've ever seen coming into the draft. So um, I am like, I'm so like excited, I guess you say about where this guy lands and I hope it's in a good spot because if he does land in a good spot, I think he's all a famer. So I'm I'm really curious to see where he lands up. Wow. All right. Well, that's you got yours, Frank. What a way to end up. Yeah, my list. I'll go through it quickly. Um, I have Julio up there, obviously. Um, just just a freak. What's interesting about Julio and when he was drafted, Nick and Bree was uh AJ Green was actually drafted before Julio Jones. People forget about that. Um Calvin, yeah, Calvin, we went over. He ran a four three five uh Someone corrected that. And I also think he ran a 4-3-2 at his pro day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But you can go check you know that out. You know those pro days lie. Yeah, of course. It's like hand-timed. It's like <laughs> easily just be off by <laughs> Calvin's mom timed him. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, Saquon, I, I think it was the best 
overall combine workout I've ever seen. Um, and it did sort of translate into what we saw initially from Saquon. He's a freak of nature and the combine uh, metrics just prove it. If you look at it, I mean, he, he was just a monster. I, I don't think I've ever seen someone that was like, a, he was like a perfect running back mm-hmm. prospect. Uh, he, he still, and I, I still see him, uh, becoming at some point the best running back in this league, but, uh, Saquon just destroyed the, uh, that combine. I, I don't think I've ever seen a running back like that. Um, uh, Chris Johnson, CJ two K, uh, before he was CJ two K, he ran a four two four. 40, which was then an NFL record um, that just like put everyone on notice. So mm-hmm. I had to put him up there. Um, he's just, the speed is just blistering. It's, it's crazy. Um, and last but not least, you know, when you think of NFL combines and you just think of like beasting a combine, you just see, I just think of Vernon Davis, mm-hmm. like him coming out of Maryland, running that crazy, uh, uh, you know, four three. What was it? A four three uh, eight forty. A forty two inch vert. Um, uh, you know, a ten eight broad jump. I mean, he just killed it at his combine. And uh, he to this day, when I think of just like combine warrior, he's the guy that I think of. So those and are Singletary my top sniffed five. him out when he was the rat in San Fran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what of the best interviews all time. Cowen, what up? Cow coach, what up? Can do you guys it? think? Do you guys think anybody is ever going to top Julio and Megatron as just prospect ability? Yes, I yeah, just so. because of how good these guys are becoming. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. I think you're going to so. get a guy like John Ross, who's six three, who's 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 uh, who's going to uh, be coming into the league with that speed. He's six three, and maybe he's more physical um, and wants it more than maybe a Julio or Calvin does at times. Sometimes people question their their yeah. aggression towards the ball and whatnot. So uh, I, I think so. You might see it in bigger, in, faster, stronger now. Yeah, you might see it in this draft, and that was the thing that I was talk. We were talking with Connor about in terms of this being the in my opinion the best draft class I've ever just looked at. Just watching guys. I mean, I'm like. These players are so quick mm-hmm. and, and and they're not hesitating and they're smooth and they're agile and they're strong. And it's like you're seeing – I think now we've hit like a pinnacle of just like star, you know, studded athlete, uh, you know, f- physically speaking that mm-hmm. it's just – these guys are on another level. I mean, it's just we we've hit such a peak at this point that it's kind of scary to think like where things will be in twenty years. But the <laughs> yeah. way the way everyone's eating now and training and and it's just it's just going to continue to just evolve. And you just see like right now it's like just peak athletes everywhere: Agreed. offensive linemen, defensive tackles, linebackers, safeties, obviously wide receivers, running back, even quarterbacks. It's 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 crazy. Look at Justin Fields. Six yeah. three, cannon runs a four four. By the way, Niners, you should take him third. You really should. If you don't, you guys are really stupid. I don't know, <laughs> and I don't care what Chris Sims ranked Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the third. I'll say easily the third best prospect in this in this class. He's top three. I don't see how he's not. So not to get too much into it, but they need <laughs> to take him third. I hear you. All right. If unless we have any other questions, splash loaded or callers or whatever it may be i think we can wrap us up and wrap send it us up home here if not we are I will, done i will say though before we end the show connor saying that the pats are more likely to trade up 
scares the living daylights yeah. out of me because of that nice little rant. The nice little rant I went on like a week or two ago. I it's think Frank deserves to, to put you. you on blast, that's, though. That's going to come oh, back and bite me in the one. ass now. Yeah, I want the pass to trade up for Mac Jones so bad. Oh, that would <laughs> that would make my night. It's going to come trade back up. and bite me in the ass. I can feel it. Trade up to four with the Falcons. No, not nine. Mac Jones, please. Yes, and please take no. Mac Jones please. after did, after Fields goes Connor third. sour yes. you on Mac Jones a little bit? I mean, yeah, a little never, bit. I yeah. never thought that he was all that special. I think I just kind of fell into the hype that everybody yeah. else is the hype surrounding is wild him. Wild right now. But yeah. if I He's wanted, a, like, if I wanted a pudgy frat boy, like, I'd go down to Foxborough High School and get a quarterback there. You like, do you like, do a show with one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. Something You're unbelievable, Nick. Hey, it wasn't me. So hey, I just wasn't in the frat. So. <laughs> you know, he oh, reminds man. me. Mac Jones reminds me of like a better AJ McCarron. He does. I mean, he kind of looks like yeah. him. He's got like the same. Connor posture. said Pennington, like him. I said, Pennington who likes to booze a little bit. Yep. Speaking of boozing, right. Bree, Speaking what's boozing. what? What's for? Uh, What's the beverage of choice this evening? I know, uh, I know you got I, wine or, or something in your mind. I have, tonight, I have wine in the fridge, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a uh, chicken piccata for dinner, so I'm going to cook Ooh, with it, too. Nice. And uh, the Bruins are on, so I'm going to pop the Bruins game on, and that's going to be my Thursday night. They play hockey, right? They do play hockey. <laughs> they do. Keep notes. Yes. No, your, Red Sox, your Red Sox, Bree, they won three in a row. What okay. is it? Is, is it four in a row? No, they won they again won. today, four in a row. There you oh. go. Listen, good we things happen. Him, Nick. Good things happen yeah. when I'm allowed to go back to games. I don't know what to tell you good guys. Point. So. Maybe Judge will go to a game this year too, Frank. <laughs> you know what? When that guy plays, he's phenomenal, though, isn't he? If he, he plays. When Aaron if Judge he plays. plays, he is, in my opinion, a top five player in baseball when yeah. he plays. Yeah. I want Absolutely. another healthy season. Give me 150 damn games for once. Last time he did it. He should have won MVP, but the cheater Altuve won it. So I need another 150 games from Aaron Judge, please. Ooh, I think you got to lower that expectation. He's already missed when, two. When he plays, he's great, and I'm saying that as a Red Sox fan, and I can't For sure. stand him. But when does he play? I know. That's the big uh, – that's I, the kicker. I, I can't talk about it anymore, you guys. <laughs> I will. I will – Bow my oh, head. Frank, last question before we go. Did does judge getting rid of the gap bother you? Yes, a lot. Me too. Really? But I can't. No, I mean, listen, it. his he did fix his teeth, but like the gap, you gotta kinda, you know, being a fellow Character, a gap man. person, it's uh, <laughs> fellow gap tooth, you gotta you know, people uh <laughs> People do look at it once in a while. They they can tell, but um it gives you character. It's what you're naturally totally born agree. with. Don't uh you have to change everything. There you totally go. Agree. His teeth do look nicer, though. His other teeth needed work, so I guess it was like <laughs> a, a, something he just like. You're not going to fix everything, and then not the gap. It like makes no sense. Good you're point. Fix to fix everything, you know. You're right. Yeah. No. So all you right. don't change the all tires right. on your car if you have no, bad brakes. You have to change the brakes too. You know, just get it all done. Yep. We have yeah. a few before we sign off, Bree. We have a few uh, prospects that'll be on the show in the coming weeks. Uh, Javante Williams, running back, UNC, is going to hop on. Melifonwu, cornerback from Syracuse, is going to hop on. A um, few other guys who we're, we're talking with, they'll they'll be hopping on in the next few weeks leading up to the draft. So we're going to have a ton of draft content on the show, on the app, Instagram, Twitter. Follow it all at U Stadium. Download the U Stadium app. I stole your thunder, Bree, so I'll let you sign us off. No, that's totally okay. Um, 
we, I mean, lots of, Guys, lots I have of some cool outro. things are happening. Bri, I have some outro music right now for us. No. So. Once you no, give me really. the, once you give me the the AOK, we can drop this outro right now. So Throw it's your it. call. No way. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, we're out of here. So Frankie, take us home. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Hold on. I got oh it. Oh my god. No, 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 I got it. I got it. I have to. I have to put. I have Bobby to face flash the big bucks. You hear it? No. No. Oh, it's probably a, a. So you hear it? Hold on. Hold on. We have to get this outro. We have. We to have to. Yeah. Or else the show is not complete. It's that not over. Is, I am on. I have this. The beauty of live. This. This is it right here. This is it. All right. Last try. If this doesn't work, I am toast. I am going home. For some reason, this is not playing. But whatever. We're going to link the outro on our podcast so you'll hear it on the podcast. We'll edit it. What, what, what am I going to do? I, I can't. We'll my computer. Uh, Fiverr today kicked me out. Uh, uh, workplace wasn't workplace. working. There's like, Facebook uh, who was, knows? Facebook and Instagram like completely crashed for like three We're hours. getting hacked by someone. So ho hopefully Big Joe up there is, is getting ready for a big hack going on. So, yeah. Watch out. All They're right. coming. In. They're coming from all angles, Joe. Oh, my God. We are out of here. Brother. All We're right, out of later, here. Everyone. We'll catch you guys <laughs> next week. Later. later. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Time Out with You Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the U Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show.